Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I'm fine. I'm sitting here with Monica at a home right across from St. Joseph the Worker Church in Tyler, Texas. We are here at last, and I know that the Station of the Cross LifeSide News have run encores for the past week and a half. We had trouble finding a place to do the program that we could get to in time, but we are here in Tyler at the invitation of the most wonderful bishop, true man of God, Bishop Joseph Strickland. And Monica uh, bought this house because it was right across the street from the church, and it's a beautiful little home, and she's got me in her living room. Um, I'm just so thrilled to be with you, and I pray that you're well. I have missed you very much being live, and we can be live now from now on. We have a wonderful connection and I'm thrilled to be with you. And not all of you know that we moved to Tyler, Texas. We actually moved last Wednesday, I think it was, um, to Tyler, Texas. And we're here forever. I made the announcement about a week before we moved when we were in Beloit, Kansas, that the situation in Beloit did not work out um, uh, for us. Uh, several situations. You know that our house, uh, we were voted out of that. And it, it still hasn't sold. Um, but there were other issues. And um, just in the midst of it, uh, this dear bishop called and invited us, and we, are, we couldn't be happier. The community here is magnificent. The Latin Church, uh, St. Joseph the Worker, is coming out the seams, so we went from two to three Masses on Sunday, and they're hoping to build a, a new parish. Um, just a few million dollars is all they need for that. That's no big deal for God, huh? Um, and we have had... Um, 10 acres donated to us by, I, I hope they don't mind my telling you who they are, Pete and Sally Dufek, um, who are on in the country um, on 73 acres of land, and they've given us a little home on the place, and we've since purchased two five-bedroom homes, two five-bedroom mobile homes that we're going to make our current priority until we build a little monastery, and the monastery is being designed right on the hill of our little plot. So it's been many years, dear ones. It's been a, a bit of a journey for us, uh, being put out of two dioceses and off one radio network. And, and um, even, you don't know this, it's a bit of a secret, but my vows have been denied three times by previous bishops and uh, canceled by one. So... Uh, here we go, and we're going to have temporary vows and final vows um, as soon as we can reach the date with Bishop Strickland. So I'm, I'm just as thrilled as I could be. I'm absolutely thrilled and absolutely happy to be with you. So we will take your calls, your emails, your uh, texts. Um, I think, uh, James, dear one, you're with us today. Your mother, uh, good to have you back. How are you? Oh, I'm I'm terrific. I'm terrific, and I'm so happy to be back. So, 
And normally we wait till the second half hour for people to call in. But because I've been gone a week and a half, let's just invite you to call in or text or email the entire program. And the toll-free number, one 511 5483. You can text at that number or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll also catch up on your other emails. And I'm going to begin reading an article on perseverance because that's what we all need. It's by Brian McShane. And he wrote it a few, uh, well, no, last year, uh, the end of last year. And um, I'm reading it from the website of Catholic Stand. Catholic Stand, one word, dot com, um, good website. And um, I'll begin reading it, but don't hesitate to call in. Our lines are open, and our call screener is there, and we will take your calls and your texts and your emails. And let me just remind you, I don't know if there are seats available still, but I'm going to I'm going to guess they are coming up just even a few next week. Uh, the LifeSite News 25th Anniversary Gala. It's August 17th in Naples, Florida. I will be there. Father uh, James Altman will be there. Father Jim Caviezel, um, the one who played Jesus in the Passion of the Christ, um, will be the keynote speaker. The top people from LifeSite will be there. Station of the Cross. Um, it's going to be a tremendously wonderful evening. Cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, um, f- full dinner, speaker panel. Um, John Henry Weston, play- pray for him to be able to be there. I don't know if he's having difficulty leaving Canada. Please pray that he could be there, he and his wife, Diana. So again, the tickets have been limited all this time to the space in the room that they've um, uh, rented for this big gala, uh, but there are probably some tickets available. They usually always are. So go ahead on the website, gala25.lifesitenews.com, gala, G-A-L-A, 25.lifesitenews, lifesite, site is S-I-T-E, one word, lifesitenews.com. And um, I'm going to begin the article, but our lines are open, dear ones, so feel free to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483. Or again, email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. This article on perseverance, and why do I say that? Because all of us need to persevere at this time. I had people say to me yesterday, Mother, you think things are going to get worse, or do you think we're at the peak? I said, no, they're going to get a lot worse. The persecution's going to get worse. The um, difficulty in finding food, absence of electricity, life as we know it, is going to be uh, destroyed. And so um, what do we need to do? Number one, we need to know our faith. That's it. We need to know our faith. We need to teach to the children. We need to live it as a family now. Not when trouble comes or not when additional trouble comes, but now. If you don't live it now, you won't live it in a catastrophe. So live it now, your faith, and begin to plan. I've said this before. Is I'm not uh, an alarmist. I just say begin to plan. We've been we've been planning for the whole past year, collecting water and beans and rice and non-perishable food, so that we have. And now we're in a place where we can 
begin to grow food, which is really, really wonderful. Um, so um, I, I recommend you do that and learn how to build a fire um, without electric and gas. Learn how to grow. Uh, learn how to collect rainwater. Uh, all of that. Teach your children. You go back to farming. Everyone used to live that way before electricity and before all the conveniences we have today. So it's a it's really an exciting way to live. Someone, a beautiful family. Um, Angelina and John donated us a milk cow and drove it out to um, Tyler and gave it to the people who own the property who were donating uh, some of it to us with a house um, long before we arrived there. So um, we've named her Bridget, and because I, I think someone told me St. Bridget was seen in, with cows. And so we named our little cow Bridget, and uh, they've learned to milk her. And first, it was... You know, Bridget wasn't happy about being milked, so they learned to milk her, giving her treats. And now they have to milk her or she'll lose her milk. We're getting, I think, two to four gallons a day. And now it's a chore that we gave them because they were so generous to receive the cow. And we saw them uh, when we got here a week ago. And um, they said, now the cow is a blessing. It's a blessing because they're making um, cheese and Uh, yogurt and butter and who knows what from it and they said the raw milk is where people couldn't drink milk before whether it was a lactose problem or anything else the the process of homogenization uh, destroys uh, some things the the chemicals they use and they said this raw milk i have yet to taste it but we have a gallon so i will soon is unlike anything else so uh, now little bridget is a blessing and uh, it'd be good for all of you to be, especially if you have children, they will, they will, they may balk at first, but then they'll get excited because they know how to do things, how to make fires, how to grow things, how to build things. It's a wonderful, wonderful situation. So perseverance, when we don't want something originally or we do it and we're bored, don't worry about emotions or feelings or what you want or what you don't want. We have to teach our children that. Feelings is not the issue. Whether we want something or not is not the issue. If we need it, that is the issue. Many things we want that we don't need. But we must uh, have what we need. And that's not a matter of emotions. It's a matter of wisdom, of doing it, of perseverance. Perseverance is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, And the author of this article on perseverance, Brian McShane, says, Why did Thomas Edison not give up trying to invent the light bulb after testing thousands of materials that would not make the right filament? In fact, there's the music for our break, beloved. But I think he tested it 5,000 times. And people said, Oh, my goodness, are you discouraged? He said, No. Now I know 5,000 ways not to do it. No problem. And then he invented the light bulb. And aren't we grateful for that? There's the music for our first break, beloved. Be perfect time, if you wish, to call in toll-free. 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. And we'll be right back.
Lord Jesus, thou came to heal our wounded and troubled hearts. We beg thee to heal the torments that cause anxiety in our hearts. We beg thee in a particular way to heal all who are the cause of sin. We beg thee to come into our lives and heal us of the psychological harms that struck us in our early years and from the injuries that they have caused throughout our lives. Lord Jesus, thou know our burdens. We lay them all at thy good shepherd's heart. We beseech thee by the merits of the great open wound in thy heart to heal the small wounds that are in ours. Heal the pain of our memories so that nothing that has happened to us will cause us to remain in pain and anguish, filled with anxiety. Heal, O Lord, all those wounds that have been the cause of all the evil that is rooted in our lives. We want to forgive all those who have offended us. Look to those inner sores that make us unable to forgive. Thou who came to forgive the afflicted of heart, please heal our own hearts. Heal, our Lord Jesus, those intimate wounds that cause us physical illness. We offer thee our hearts. Accept it, Lord. Purify them and give us the sentiments of thy divine heart. Help us to be meek and humble. Heal us, O Lord, from the pain caused by the death of our loved ones, which is oppressing us. Grant us to regain peace and joy in the knowledge that thou art the resurrection and the life. Make us an authentic witness to thy resurrection, thy victory over sin and death, thy living presence among us. Amen. This is Jesuit Father Robert McTague, your early host of The Catholic Current. Join me on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern to welcome back theologian and YouTuber Kristen Barlow. We'll be talking about how to find your identity in Christ. You can't afford to miss this, so tune into The Catholic Current on Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, coming to you from the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Do you love all the crosses on the wall behind me? I do, too. That's, this is Monica's home, and it's a beautiful, beautiful home. I'm just so grateful for her charity, and she attends the Latin Mass across the street, which is why she bought this house, and it, it's just such a gift. Um, we're talking about perseverance, and uh, the second uh, break in uh, 10 minutes plus... Um, for the rest of the next half hour, we'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. But this begins uh, the first sentence we read before the break. Why did Thomas Edison not give up trying to invent the light bulb after testing thousands of materials that would not make the right filament? <clears throat> Why did Hillary doggedly climb to the summit of Mount Everest, as he reportedly said, because it was there? Why did Jeanette Rankin not give up on women's suffrage and just forget about seeking political office? Why did Roger Bannister try so hard to break the four-minute mile in 1954? What's the answer to all of it? They had perseverance. Look at Lincoln's resume before he was elected president. In spite of a past littered with failures, he became one of, if not the greatest presidents of the United States. To take another somewhat controversial example, Richard Nixon. 
Why did he not just fade into obscurity after resigning from the presidency? Instead, he went on to write at least nine best-selling books on everything from diplomacy to world leaders that he knew personally. He was consulted about world affairs by every president up to President Bill Clinton, who was in office when Nixon died. Like him or not, Nixon was a man who continually reinvented himself after each of his life's failures, no matter how disastrous. He too knew the value of perseverance. Let us glance now, he says, at a few examples from our own Catholic Church. For instance, St. Francis Cabrini, known as Mother Cabrini, despite her frail health and her strong desire to go to China, she was advised by the Pope to go west to America and minister to the immigrant population. Mother Cabrini founded 67, oh my goodness, 67 institutions, including schools, hospitals, and orphanages, one for each of her 67 years of life on this earth. She was also the first naturalized American saint, a great example of what one person can do against all odds. St. Elizabeth Ann Seton came from wealth, was married with children, and lived quite a different life from the widowed convert who was to found the Sisters of Charity and become the first American-born saint. But I'm going to add my own comment to that one. Her husband died. Uh, Four of her five children died. Um, I think four of her five. I know her daughters, two of her daughters died. I'm not sure about, no, I don't think her sons died. Uh, and one of her daughters went on, but she experienced incredible, incredible hardship in her life, devastation, lost her family when she converted from Anglicanism to Catholicism, and lost all her students when she became Catholic, and went on to never give up, and founded Catholic schools all over the country, and she was summoned by the country's first bishop, John Carroll in Baltimore. So um, she's an enormous example. And then St. Martin de Pours of Lima, Peru, was the child of a black mother and a Spanish father. Because of this, he was ridiculed and severely mocked. However, through his great perseverance and humility, he was finally accepted into the Dominican order he so earnestly yearned to join and became a model for those who seek God through poverty, sacrifice, penance, and humility. What then exactly is perseverance? And why is it so crucial? Here's a comment um, from, um, I think, Father John Harden. I'm not sure where this is from. Hold on now. True perseverance is a trait that is often developed over a lifetime. In fact, sometimes it is known as final perseverance, and for good reason. In Father John Harden's definition, drawing much from the Council of Trent, it means remaining in the state of grace until the end of life. The Church teaches that it is impossible without the special help of God to persevere 
in the state of grace to the end. And I, the scriptures say, apart from him, we can do nothing. And I personally know that. We can do a lot of things, but nothing for eternal good. Nothing for our salvation apart from his grace. Father Hardin continues, final perseverance cannot be strictly merited as though a person had a claim on dying in grace because he or she had been faithful through life. No, no, no. The reason for this is that the possibility of a fall always remains. One cannot know with infallible certainty whether one will persevere unless one receives a special revelation to that effect. End quote. Like so many other mysteries of our faith, we only get what we need by letting go of what we think we have. I better repeat that one. <clears throat> like so many other mysteries of the, our faith, we only get what we need by letting go of what we think we have. You see? It's not what we have that's an issue. It's the things that have us that are the issue, right? I believe it is a safe assumption that the three Catholic saints that we mentioned above um, at some point in their life had a conversation, had a conversion experience, a sure knowledge of God, an ever-deepening gift of love, and a desire to serve God, to do his will for the rest of their lives a total giving of self, and a letting go of all human desires. They realized that their lives were not about themselves, but about doing God's will, crafted for each of them in a unique and special way. They set their minds and hearts on a goal and would not be distracted from that goal until it was reached through virtuous, heroic perseverance. Reviewing the type of commitment mentioned above may seem a bit daunting to the average Catholic. On top of that, we may even recall in the recesses of our memory something about Christ's words in the gospel regarding the lukewarm. Well, we sure don't want to fall into that category. Do you remember that, beloved? Be either hot or cold, but the lukewarm God will spew out, out, of, his, out of his mouth. He will spew you out of his mouth. The lukewarm will not enter heaven. If you're a lukewarm Catholic, if you are not living the faith you have been graced to receive, there is no heaven from you. For you, God will spew you out of his mouth. We sure don't want to fall into that category. But what is there to do? How can I become better at and more aware of the need for perseverance in my life? There are at least two main areas, he says, where we can develop incrementally and without too much difficulty, especially after we make these areas habitual. But dear ones, they must be habitual. I've told the story before of Winston Churchill, uh, Prime Minister of England. He was... Uh, thrown out of his high school and after he became very successful because they knew he wouldn't amount to anything and he was thrown out and after he was Prime Minister of England they called him back to his alma mater to speak it was a boys school to speak to the students and they gave him a 20 minute introduction 
all his successes and awards and status and titles and position, 20 minutes they went on about how great he was. And then he took the microphone. And here was his entire speech. Young men, never give up. Never give up. Never, 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 never give up. And he sat down. That was it. I don't think any of those students would have ever forgotten that speech. Never give up. And I want to tell you personally, um, I think if you heard my my very, very personal broadcast a week or two ago on forgiveness, uh, you might understand I've, my whole life is not give. I've spent my entire life in not giving up. In fact, I have a PhD in not giving up. That's my only PhD in not giving up. It's the only thing that I am good at. And I can't even say I'm good at it because it's still an awful struggle to not give up sometimes. But it's the only thing I'm good at and that I will not do. I will not give up. I'm an expert at not giving up. That's what we need to become, all of us. Perseverance in faith and perseverance in prayer. Both of them we need. And we can do that at home. The Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us that faith is an entirely free gift that God makes to man to live, grow, and persevere in the faith until the end, we must nourish it with the word of God. We must beg the Lord to increase our faith. It must be working through charity, abounding in hope, and rooted in the faith of the church. Notice, our author says, notice the appearance of the three theological virtues of faith, hope, and charity in, the, in, the, in this citation on perseverance. It may well be that we are beginning or have begun the process already. And the catechism adds, the children of our Holy Mother, the Church, rightly hope for the grace of final perseverance and the recompense of God, their Father, for the good works accomplished with his grace in communion with Jesus. Oh dear, let's just read a little more. Our break is coming up. So we know there is an important relationship between perseverance and faith. That seems reasonable enough and something about which I can be mindful. What about perseverance in prayer? This is also explained for us in the Catechism, and it brings in the concept of love also. St. Paul exhorts us to pray constantly, always, and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. And he adds, it has been laid down that we are to pray without ceasing. Those are orders, not suggestions, not for those who want to grow in holiness, if you don't pray, you will not be saved. It's as simple as that. There is no salvation apart from prayer. None. And no salvation apart from perseverance, dear ones. So there's the music for our second break. We will be back to take your calls, your texts, your emails. And I'm so looking forward uh, to talking with you. Call in toll-free, 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother@ the station of the cross.com. Be right back.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Keep up on the shows we bring you each day by viewing our programming guide on thestationofthecross.com. You can view our full schedule, the primetime grid, or even find a printable version on our website for your convenience. It's all at thestationofthecross.com under the programming tab, or on our free and continuously updated iCatholic Radio app for your Android or Apple device. listening to the station of the cross on your car radio but sometimes find yourself driving outside the listening area never miss another minute of your favorite show download the iCatholic radio app so you can listen anywhere in the world 24 hours a day the iCatholic radio app is available for your phone in the apple store or for your android phone in google play visit the station of the cross.com for more information Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um... This is our half hour together. I'm so looking forward to it. And our lines are wide open. Call in uh, with anything on your heart. Um, uh, where was it? One. <laughs> Toll free. one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, 5483 Or, is that right? 5483. Or uh, email at mother at Okay. Uh, James, are you with us, dear one? I am with you, mother. I'm so happy to be with you now. Yes. Okay. How about, do we have a call? Yes, we do. So I believe we have Barbara from Chicago, Illinois on the line. So Barbara, thank you so much for holding on the line throughout that last segment and go ahead with your question or comment for Mother. Okay. Thank you so much. Hi, Mother. I just want to say that I'm so happy to see that you're in Tyler, Texas. Me too. Uh, I know on your last program, uh, you mentioned that you were going to Texas. And the first thing I thought of was it must be... for. To Bishop Joseph Strickland of Tyler, Texas. That's, that's the one. Exactly where you are. I'm so I'm so happy. I'm thrilled that you're there. I'm so happy for you, Mother. God bless you. I'm thrilled that you're thrilled, Barbara. Uh, bishop Strickland is just um, what a bishop should be. He's simply what a bishop should be, and we are uh, so happy. Grateful and honored to be here under his leadership, Barbara. Thank you so much. And you're in Chicago, so you have a few problems there. 
<laughs> yes, yes, we yes, our, our, our Bishop Supich, um Yeah, not not not. It's not so good. <laughs> not well. It's not only not so good. It's extremely bad. Well, uh, let us know if you come to Tyler. Okay, I will. I will continue. I'm I'm so glad. Also, Mother, I've I've been offering my my prayers and rosaries and communion for you. Um, you dear that you would soul. find a, a good place to go, and that when I heard it was Texas, that it. I was praying that it was indeed Tyler, Texas, and Bishop Joseph Strickland. Well, I'm so God, glad that, that our prayers were answered. Thanks for your sacrifices and prayers, Barbara. That is so, it fills my heart with such gratitude and happiness. Thank you so. See how God gives us a part in one another's lives from miles away. God bless you, Barbara. And you let me know if you come to Tyler. Okay. God bless you. Thanks okay, for thank calling you, in and for all your prayers, sweetheart. Okay, so let's go ahead with a Facebook comment from Mary here. And Mary wants to know how you feel about the Bible in a year from the Augustan Institute. Mary, um, I uh, applaud the Augustan Institute, whatever they do. I have not seen their Bible in a year, um, so I, I have no feeling about it. But I can tell you it's a good thing. It's a good thing to go through the Bible in a year, but you've got to read three to five chapters a day, and it's a real commitment. It's fine to do. Um, again, I haven't seen their version of it, but as an evangelical Protestant, I read through the Bible every single year. So reading through the Bible in a year is wonderful. That uh, studying it, doing Lexi Divina, all of that is going to be much slower. But just to read it through and get the story, um, I think is very, very wonderful. So um, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Uh, there are no shoulds there. It's what each one wishes to do and can. Okay, excellent response, Mother. And I believe we have another caller. So this is Tracy in Arizona, and Tracy has a question for you this morning. So Tracy, thanks for holding, and go ahead with your question for Mother. Good morning, Mother. Thank you so much for all that you do. Hi, uh, Tracy. My question, hello. Uh, my question is, we have a sophomore in high school um, who has been discerning the priesthood since he started talking about it in the fourth grade, um, and so he is very serious about it. Uh, we have raised him in a Novus Ordo parish because that is all that we knew. Um, we're extremely devout, but recently we have started going to Institute of Christ the King. Great. Great. Yes. Um, my question is, is that knowing that he has been, has received all of his sacraments thus far in the Novus Ordo uh, type of parish, obviously when we talk to vocations directors and things, they're trying to push him towards that sort of seminary. With us no. not having the background and the Latin math, do you feel that he could still go to that sort of seminary and become more of a priest with the Latin? Absolutely not a hesitation. Absolutely. Uh, you're going to a Latin ma parish now? Yes, we have started going. We're, we're a little, we, we don't know anything about it, so we're a little bit um, confused about everything, but we, it's absolutely gorgeous, and we yeah, love it. It's reverent, and don't worry about it. You'll just learn it. You know, when I first started going to Latin, I didn't worry about following all the prayers and everything. I just sat and observed it and took it in. Don't worry about that. I would talk to the priest, introduce your son to him, and let the priest guide him. That's what I would do. But absolutely a good, solid, orthodox seminary. 
not a Novus Ordo seminary. That's what we're afraid of. We just don't want him to get canceled like so many other priests. No, no, no. Just absolutely. You couldn't do better than Institute of Christ the King. Really tremendous. Perfect. Okay, Tracy, glad you called in. God bless you, dear one. Next, we'll take a Facebook comment from Charlotte. And Charlotte says, hello, Mother. You mentioned once that you and your sisters fast on Fridays. In what way do you fast? No food all day or just one meal? I need some suggestions on fasting and realize it doesn't have to be from food. Thank you, and I love your show. I listen every day. You're the best. Uh, Thanks, Charlotte. That's right. It doesn't have to be from food. It generally is. But um, we don't fast completely. Uh, We have one meal on Friday. We have coffee or something in the morning, but then we have one meal about three in the afternoon rather than lunch and dinner or dinner and supper. Uh, we do that Wednesday and Friday, and we abstain from meat Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, and so we do have one meal, so it's not a total fast at all. We're just giving up one meal on Wednesdays and Fridays, and we, we don't have any meat those days either or on Saturday. So you can fast in many ways. St. Francis de Sales um, truly uh, led his sisters to abstain, or you could say fast, from one thing a day, for example, um, at every meal, in fact, at every meal, one thing. So don't salt your eggs, but nobody's going to know it. It's only between you and God. For one meal, you leave the salt off your eggs or the, sh- the sugar out of your coffee or the cream, or you, you take a tiny bit of something you really want a lot of, you know. Um, St. Francis de Sales says, ask for nothing and refuse nothing. So you would not be allowed to refuse food that's served to you. But let's say it's mashed potatoes and you want to take five heaping spoons of it. You would just take half a teaspoon. So you're not refusing it and you're sacrificing. You just have a little tiny taste. So the issue is um, uh, to... Uh, have control over your passions and to be able to put love of God before your flesh. That's the issue. So whatever it may be. So Wednesday comes and sometimes we realize, you know, we're ready. We pray sex at noon and we're ready to sit down to have a midday meal at, at 1230 or one. And then you know, we're ready and we're and, and they say, oh, no, today it's not till three. And then we won't eat after that. And we, we just adjust. We do it because it's for God. And it's, it's not a lot. It's absolutely not a lot. When I fasted growing up in the synagogue, on Yom Kippur, on days of fast, we didn't even have a drop of water. So this is, this is, this is easy. Um, and it could be what, whatever, um, um, uh, Charlotte, whatever it is that your heart or the heart of your children wants to do before God. There's no shoulds here. Okay. So next we'll go to a YouTube comment from Martin. And Martin says, Dear Mother, I am so weary of living and afraid. Could you recommend any prayers? I've lost my mother and so much income due to COVID that I am heading for homelessness. I need help. Oh, my goodness, Martin. Um, I don't know at this point if you're suffering from the fruit of the COVID situation that you couldn't get another job. 
Um, I'm so sorry that you've lost your mother. I don't know how recent that is. Um, oh, and maybe you lost your mother through COVID too, and you're heading for homelessness. You know, Jesus said he feeds the birds of the air and the grass. Are you not worth more than a sparrow? He will feed you. He will feed you, dear one. Um, I don't know how old you are. I don't know your situation. You sound like you live alone. I would just, if I were you, I would clean houses. I would, I, I was in that, I had one day, years ago, uh, it was actually I was a Christian, but I wasn't a Catholic yet, and I, had, I was down to one penny, one penny, and um, I, I needed money, and I, um, I bartered, so I, I cleaned someone's, well, no, I needed a refrigerator is what it was, and I cleaned someone's house in exchange for their refrigerator, not money. Um, you know, all kinds of things like that. So you could find uh, an elderly man, Martin, uh, who could use a good man to run him errands, run him on errands and clean the house and do his shopping and be a companion. You could look for that and you might lead him to heaven in the interim. Uh, Go supermarket to supermarket and see if they need help, bagging groceries, I cleaned houses for money. You know, do whatever you can. You do not have to be homeless. You absolutely do not need to be homeless. I don't know what your living situation is. You might need to look for a a room in a house rather than renting an apartment, that sort of thing. But uh, I would look at the newspaper and and see somebody, a, a man, not a woman, see somebody who needs assistance uh, maybe an elderly man who's living by his own now and will have an extra bedroom for you. So I would, I would do all that. Don't give up hope. Uh, know that if God has brought you to this situation, God has a plan. That's why he's allowed it, because he has a plan, one, for you to do what you never would have thought of before, and secondly, for you to trust him on a level you maybe have not needed to trust him before, Martin. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Discouragement is from the devil, and so is fear. Fear is never of God. When we fear the future, it's because we don't really know if God will take care of us. Um, Someone said, don't fear tomorrow. God is already there. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just be proactive. Get a newspaper. See if there's a man looking for... um, a, a, a companion of some sort that could help him, uh, clean him, you know, shop for him, whatever it is. Um, just go down the newspapers and store to store and just, uh, if you love books, go into a bookstore and say, can I help you? Uh, you need a job. And they say, well, we only have part-time. Take it. Take it so you continue to have money and look for a less expensive living situation. Okay, Martin, if I'm missing some things, call in, dear brother, and let me know, and we'll go further. So next we have an email from Mike, but I'm going to save it until after the break just because it's a little bit more lengthy. So let's go quickly before the break here to a YouTube comment from Michelle who says, What is a good audio Bible to listen to? I get very confused and concerned that I'm not learning correctly. If I could listen to the right Bible, I would be forever grateful. Well, I'd recommend one of two, uh, Michelle. 
um, I don't. I haven't had an audio set, so I I don't know. But look if if the if if the revised standard version, not the new revised standard, forget the word new. If the revised standard Catholic version, RSV, revised standard revised standard version, Catholic edition is on audio. Get that. If not, get the Douay Rheims. They're both Catholic. They're both beautiful. And if either one or both are on audio, uh, I would get those, and you will love them. And you'll love the language, the beautiful language as well. Okay, I hear our break there, James. So we're going to go to the break, and when we come back, we'll continue to take your calls, your texts, your emails, uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483, or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. It'll be our last segment. We'll have about 10 minutes. Be right back. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's the station of the cross.com or 1-866-628-2277. The spirit world is fascinating, mysterious, complex, and potentially dangerous. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're hosting a new show Saturdays on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. We'll help you uncover some of the mysteries and answer your questions about angels, demons, eternal life, and how the spiritual and the physical worlds interact. Join us for The Spirit World every Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on the Station of the Cross. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. It raises the question, I think, for a convert like me or for a cradle Catholic is why are we seeing the human leadership of the Catholic Church steer the church in a direction that doesn't seem consistent with Catholicism of the last 1900 years? That's the simple truth weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am live, and I'm so happy to be with you live and not have to run another encore. If you join the program late, um, we're back after a week and a half, and we're able to connect finally in Tyler, Texas. Um, and we're absolutely thrilled to be here and thrilled to be back with you live. Um, 
Okay, James, I know we have... Well, let me just mention, too, we do have 10 minutes. If you still wish to call in, you're absolutely welcome to toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Okay, so let me go back to our email from Mike that I mentioned there before the break. So Mike says, Mother Miriam, I listen to your show often and really enjoy it. I have an issue that I was wondering if you can help me with. I have two children. My daughter is eight years old and my son is six years old. We have recently signed my daughter up for ballet lessons. She loves music and dance. Her brother has also shown interest in music and dance. My wife wants to sign him up for classes too, but I'm a bit concerned because the uniform requires tights during classes and makeup during a recital at the end of the year. I expressed this to my wife, but she seemed to think it was not a big deal and it's just the uniform. However, in Deuteronomy 22.5, it says, quote, A woman shall not wear a man's garment, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak, for whoever does these things is an abomination to the Lord your God, end quote. My wife already went out and bought him the uniform and has taken him to a class with his sister. Is it okay for my son to wear this uniform, or would wearing it be considered wrong? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Mike, the first advice I have is for your wife. She is to be subject to her husband, not a slave, but she is to understand that God leads the family through the priestly vocation of the husband. And she should not go against you. If she goes against you, number one, whether she's right or wrong, she's wrong. And the children, if they know that she's going against you, will be their image of God, of our, the love and reverence due to him, the love and reverence of a wife for her husband, will be distorted. Marriage will be distorted in their eyes. Love will be distorted because it becomes what I think, an individual think. And the fact is that if a wife goes against her husband, even if she's right, she's wrong, and she's not safe at all. Neither are the children. So this is very important. Um, She needs to come under you, Mike. You're not suggesting something terrible. You're suggesting what to you is a moral issue. And again, she may want to try to persuade you out of the children's hearing that this will be okay. But if you don't agree, no lessons for your son. It's as simple as that. You don't have to decide or prove who's right. Your wife needs to come under you and be protected by God by doing that. Um, Even if you're wrong, it doesn't matter. She's not protected and neither will your children be. So this is so important. That is the issue, not the clothing. That is the issue here. Um, As far as men wearing women's clothing, that should never, ever happen. But what you haven't said here in this email is, is if it's a ballet class simply for women and that he'll be looked on as a girl in the class if he'll be playing a girl's part. If he's playing a girl's part, absolutely not. If it's ballet for for boys and girls, which could be the case because men are in ballet, there's nothing wrong with it, then it's okay. As far as tights go, if again, if it's a, a, a girl's outfit, zero. 
but boys wear, men wear tights in ballet. Now, it should be not immodest, but men wear tights. And so if it's simply what the boys are wearing because they're also in ballet, then they can wear those tights. And again, there needs to be some modesty about that. Um, uh, so, um, so it would be okay. Again, as far as the makeup at the end of the recital, again, if he's playing the part of a girl, he shouldn't be in the class whatsoever. But in a recital, if you see Russian ballet, Swan Lake, all of that, the men have tights and they wear makeup. Um, when you look at uh, EWTN, I'm not giving away secrets here, uh, they will put some makeup on men just to hide little spots or uh, shiny spots or that kind of thing. They're not necessarily going to put lipstick on them and all that, but they're going to put a little thing that just makes them look better uh, on camera. So something like that is okay. Lipstick and other things, absolutely not. So um, there's a judgment here. And, um, and the main thing, again, is no matter what happens, your wife needs to teach both of you need to raise your children to be saints. Saints know that husbands, that wives obey their husbands in everything but sin. There's nothing unreasonable here, Mike, that you're concerned about. It's not unreasonable. So I would say either call in or send me another email. If your son is going to take the part of a girl, absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what is another absolute is that he should not be going to the class if you say no. Um, if he wants ballet, uh, find a boys club that teaches ballet somehow. Um, or, um, again, if this is boys and girls in the dance class, I would say it's okay. Um, but uh, he cannot play the part of a girl and um, the tights will probably be all right, but there needs to be modesty there. And, and I think you can know what I mean and take care of that. So that would be my answer. Okay, and our last question of the show probably for the day here is going to be a text from Tony. And Tony says, Mother Miriam, I'm a Catholic funeral director serving all faiths in Louisville, Kentucky. I want only to do and profess God's will personally and professionally. I know you've pointed out the errors of cremation with no services, no family gathering and prayers for the deceased souls and family, and especially scattering rather than burial of a loved one's ashes, also separating by placing ashes in keepsake containers and jewelry. Is it, in your opinion, morally appropriate for me to offer cremation services to the public as long as those services also include the opportunity for a family final goodbye and prayers? Of course, Mass for Baptized Catholics is the best. In any case, no containers are made available to any family for ashes other than full-sized urns to contain their loved one's cremains for burial at a later date. My wife, who watches you often, is intent on us not leading people wrongly. Thank you very much, Tony. Tony, your wife is good and right. She's right. Um, again, wives obey their husbands, but a husband should lead his wife in the true faith and never go against the faith. Never, ever go against the faith. You can offer it to the public. 
You can offer it to other faiths, if you wish, and non-Catholic Christians. But you need to say to them, we can do only these things as a Catholic burial service. We can give, you know, other than we can help you, but ashes may not be scattered. It's reverence for the body, and the Catholic Church does not allow ashes to be scattered or kept in an urn at home or anything of that sort. There must be a burial uh, following the service. It doesn't have to be a mass, but there must be a burial. So do nothing, Tony, that is against God's law. God's law is not just for Catholics. It's for every single soul alive. Every single soul it should be Catholic. Uh, nothing else is acceptable to God. And so as Catholics, you can be a witness to that and tell them you'll help them, but you must not do anything apart from what you believe is right with God, which is what the Catholic Church teaches. Okay, God bless you. God bless you all. And I will be with you live, God willing, tomorrow. Good to be back with you.